Welcome to Off The Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Yeah, it's been a busy week. Welcome to it. Jason Matthews uh, here for Off The Bench this week. Uh, big show today. Uh, we have Cowboys halfback Chad Townsend after returning with his old friend, uh, reuniting, I should say, with his old friend Jimmy Maloney, Illawarra Steelers legend, uh, Paul Mary McGregor, as we turn back a bit of time, Sharks prop and friend of Sports Day, and officially loose unit himself, Toby Rudolph, plus Nelson from Racing Queensland has all your tips. But for now, time to have a dig, thanks to Sherlock Will Barras. View the range of SherlockLastLonger.com.au. What about the Indian cricket fans? And I know this doesn't represent every Indian cricket fan, but seriously, trolling the wives and partners of Australian cricketers after they won the World Cup final, that's disgusting. I'm having a dig at you, Indian cricket fans. And again, I know this doesn't represent every single one of you, but that was absolutely appalling and there's no place for that in sport whatsoever. From the job site to your backyard, lighten the load with Sherlock, available Bunnings Warehouse. We're going to kick off off the bench, the best of sports day. And I tell you what, he's one of North Queensland's favourite sons. He's one of our favourite players at the Cowboys. We caught up during the week with Chad Townsend. Dearden and Townsend, little kick back and third. Oh, this is absolutely superb. To execute a play like that. And the awareness of Townsend just off the outside of his boot to find drink water. Yeah, he's a premiership winner in 2016 with the Sharkies and he's forming a great relationship with Tommy Dearden at the North Queensland Cowboys. And thanks to World Gym Australia, improving lives through fitness. He joins us here on Sports Day. Chatty Townsend, way up in Townsville. How are you, mate? I'm good, Sat. Thanks for having me, mate. How are you going? Very well, very well. Been uh, sitting back and even on the field, always admired the way you play, loving what you're doing off the field as well, getting heavily involved in the media, which uh, you've uh, got a fist of it, which is going great. But um, I think... I think what everyone sort of seems to think when pre-season starts, Chatty, and you play in Townsville is the heat and Castle Hill. So just how, how if, if listeners out there haven't heard of Castle Hill, it's quite a prominent mountain uh, when you come into Townsville and it plays a pretty big part in the Cowboys pre-season training. So does it still get introduced pretty early, Chad? Yeah, we, we, we've been back for a couple of weeks now and it uh, hasn't... Well, the, our younger boys, actually, they started a couple of weeks before the, the veterans did, and, and they've already done it once. But, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a towering figure. You can't miss it when you're up here in Townsville. And, yeah, obviously, that, combine that heel with the heat. Um, it can get pretty pretty brutal up here at times. <laughs> but, you know, you just got to stay on top of your hydration, your water, your food. But, uh, yeah, it's always a tough time of year, and that heel doesn't make things any easier, that's for sure. Who holds a record? Is there, a, like, a historical record from 1995 or that – that's been beaten year after year. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of uh, there was a couple of good whispers going around back in the day. I think JT had a really good time, but since well, since I've been here, we run from a certain mark. I'm not sure it's the church at the bottom of the hill, and I'm not sure if that's been done the whole time. But yep. over my time, by far, Tommy did and is uh, we call him the he's called King of the Hill actually. Yep. So he's got the record. He's got the record time. He's uh. Unbelievably fit too, Tommy. He he's got our one point two record as well. So, mate, if you if you uh, if you catch him, you're doing well. No, I saw his one point two k time. What's the sort of time when you're talking times up the Castle Hill? What are you looking at? How long? Yeah, so Tommy's 
Well, I think his record's about uh, 19 something. Okay. Uh, so it's around that 20, I guess, 20 to probably 25 minute mark that kind of everyone comes in between. Um, I'm, I'm usually around about 20 to 21. Yep. I'm, in, I'm in there. Uh, that mark, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, grueling 20, 20 minutes, I'll tell you that. It's because uh, it gets steeper and steeper the more that you get up there. So it's, um, yeah, it's one that tests you both physically and mentally. And I guess that's why the coaches really like it. Chatty, Jason here, mate. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, is it true Toddy's on a bicycle heading up Castle Hill while the rest of you are running? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jay, Jace, you're absolutely right. He's on the bike. He's had, a, he's had half a knee replacement, the, the sheriff. So his days of uh, his days of running are long gone, long behind him. So, yeah, it's quite often you see him on the bike with the helmet on, pedaling up and just sort of ripping into the boys as, as he's riding past. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a sight to see for sure. That means, Sats, does that mean his dancing days are over? Oh, no, he'd still be the best dancer over 100 kilos. Even with a dicky knee. Oh, yeah, easy, <laughs> easy. Now, uh, now, Chatty, I think uh, one of the great combinations uh, that formed a, a premiership winning year and it was yourself and Jimmy Maloney, and it's uh, combinations getting back together for different reasons. And, of course, he's much in demand this week, Jimmy Maloney. But we thought, now let's get one of his, one of his counterparts in to, to talk him up. Now, he's arrived at the club. You won a premiership with him. We know how competitive he is. We know how much of a winner he is. But when you're side by side with him, what are the attributes of James Maloney that, that probably makes a difference between what happened with the Cowboys in 22 and 23? Yeah, well, I think, you know, my first sort of reaction once with uh, Jimmy was announced, I guess a lot of my, uh, you know, my thoughts around Jimmy was as a teammate. And... I guess now they're very different, you know, being coached by Jimmy. And obviously back then, Jimmy was Jimmy. He was a bit of a larrikin, a bit of a pest, uh, someone who was good in small doses. But now Jimmy, you know, he's a seasoned veteran. He's been around the game for such a long time. I haven't uh, spoken to him. He arrived up up to Townsville on Monday. So I spent a couple of days with him just talking a bit of footy and, and how we want to play and his ideas. And yesterday, our field session, I thought, was probably our best field session we've had you know, in the first two weeks of training. And Jimmy was all over our attack, throwing up ideas. We watched the video today. So, you know, he's going to add, I guess, you just mentioned that that um, ability to, to compete and as well as a very smart footy brain and an operator. One thing with Jimmy was that he was a winner mm. across his mm. career. He played a lot of NRL. He played a lot of state of origin and Australian games. So he had a successful career where he won a lot. And I think he knows how to win footy games. And I think... You know, if, if we can learn a couple of things about how to win and how to play and uh, improving our season from last year, that's only going to help, you know, our whole team. So, you know, really excited to uh, to link back up with him. And obviously, like you said, you know, we've got a lot of good memories in the past and really hoping we, you know, can re- recreate some of that magic. Because you had the relationship with him, did did the club consult w- with you about James Milani and what sort of person they're getting? Even though, that, you know, you've got a strong connection uh, with him, but they, did they have a chat to you beforehand? <laughs> Yeah, no, not really this this time because um, yeah, obviously you know the, the, our two assistant coaches from last year uh, both left the club, so um, I guess it was a pretty private thing. And the coaching, the Toddy obviously wanted to do his due diligence with everyone. So, um, but yeah, this one was sort of kept pretty private. So I kind of found out uh, when one of my mates saw him on an airplane coming up to Townsville, and they were like, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, "Jimmy Maloney's coming to Townsville." So you know, you kind of put two and two together. But then you, you kind of want to respect, um, you know, the privacy of the decision. And once it was announced, uh, yeah, got in contact with him pretty pretty quickly.
Now, did I when I was looking at some footage yesterday from the Cowboys on their social media, did I see Jimmy Maloney had a man bun? <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Jimmy. He's got a bit of a different look these days, Jimmy. I'm sure you'll see it over the next uh, the next season, uh, in and around our games. But yeah, he's got the long hair. I think he, you know that's what happens when you go over to France. You get a bit relaxed, and oh. you know you let the hair down. So he's um, he's got the man bun happening, and you know uh, I don't know. I just I don't know if I can cop it, boys. It's has he taken up? But um, yeah. has he taken up painting <laughs> classes as well or something? <laughs> He hasn't, but he speaks fluent French. So um, him and his family have, yeah, speak pretty fluent French. They've had a really good time over there the last couple of years, and um, yeah, they'll be up here after Christmas. So it's um, it's exciting time for the Maloneys. They're they're um, pretty used to travelling around the globe and, and playing football. So um, yeah, we're excited to have him. I wonder if he's going to watch his water level like Dean Young used to during summer. Oh, the evaporation yeah. <laughs> of, the, of the pool levels. Yeah, but, um, I think he's, I think he's going to be a great acquisition. I mean, you, you oh, never see what the assistant coaches do from the outside, but yeah. they can make a yeah. a really good contribution. Now, um, whenever we talk to any Townsville player, Cowboys player, or any team that's going to play the Cowboys, the first thing that comes to mind is always. Mad cow. Mad cow. Now, is there any competition to the mad cow up there? Or was, it was the mad cow just dominating the entire landscape in Townsville? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, there's a bit of a difference. Like Flinders Street's obviously, you know, the main yeah. street up here in Townsville where a lot of the, you know, the, the scene is. And there's a few good places on Flinders Street. I guess the mad cow's had its reputation up here in Townsville for a long time, especially with the cowboys, you know. Um, the Cowboys and the Mad Cow have a great relationship, and, and a lot of our players over a long time have gone there to um, you know, either celebrate wins or, or have a good night out. But there's actually a lot of great pubs um, and a lot, a lot of good places to have have a feed in Townsville. That do there are other places I can sort of put that out there to people. It's not just the Mad Cow, but um, <laughs> yeah, the Mad Cow. You know, if you're up here for the weekend, it's it's definitely if you want to have a good night out, you know, go and have go and have a bit of fun for sure. Now, which player in your playing group would would be probably more suited to going to a cocktail bar or would drink probably yak's milk in their coffee. Mm. <laughs> oh, geez. It'd have to be, uh, have to be Valentine Holmes. I yeah, think. I could see Well traveled. Yeah. He, he loves the upper class, the upper class mm, yeah. stuff, the gel on the hair, the Rolex watch, the clean <laughs> shoes, yeah. don't have a dirty shoes. <laughs> yeah. uh, then on the other hand, you know, we're obviously uh, very, you know, country laid back up here in Townsville. So we've got a lot of country boys who are just the complete opposite. You know, we'll go down the pub in a pair of thongs and a singlet and, you know, a pair of footy shorts. So um, we've got it all up here. Step up Reuben Cotter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. I see in the off-season you've been uh, hard at work uh, with the, the Chad Townsend Show, which is your podcast. Got a little bit of audio here, Chad. Yeah. I'm a big seafood guy. I'm a big, big oyster guy. Big Christmas Day guy. I'm a pretty big sauce guy. A big aioli guy. Big aioli guy. Yeah. Big bread guy. I love my sourdough. Love my sourdough. Big sourdough guy. I'm a, I'm a bit of a salad guy. Big pizza guy. Pretty big curry guy. All right, we, we get guy. We, we get, get it. We, we get you it. You're a big everything. guy. You're you a big everything. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Big guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has probably been one of the highlights of my off-season days, to be honest. Um, yeah. For people who may not know, I um, I have a YouTube channel where I like to you know put out a few videos here and there, just a bit of a behind the scenes, and also run um, a pod. I did a podcast. Uh, in the off season, just talking a bit of footy and having a bit of fun, and good. something that I really do enjoy. But yeah, that video was uh, <laughs> was a vlog. I I did a food review 
and someone's gone through a 25-minute video of mine and cut it all up. And yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I didn't realize I said it that much. But people were loving with it, loving it. And as you know, the internet always wins. So you don't ever exactly. take on the internet. And, yeah, exactly. but it's, it's a bit of fun. But it's yeah. good. Good promotion for the podcast, though. So you know, it's it's pretty harmful yeah. stuff. So just looking at, the, I put together a bit of a team. What I thought the seventeen may look like this year for Tech Cowboys on paper, it is, it's a hell of a side. Yeah, I got to say, it's a hell of a disappointing. And Chad would be disappointed only missing the eight by two last year, and you know, that goes without saying. But it's a hell and of we, a side on paper. And Chad, we spoke about I think last night on Airsats or the night before. It's so tough when you look at the eight last year. You may only find about one or two teams that may drop out of the eight. It's so hard to crack, isn't it? It's it, honestly like you can look on paper and look at every team now and sort of you know put uh, teams and players where you think it's going to happen, and then the complete opposite could happen. I think that's one thing that was um, you know pretty evident last year. You know, even the year before with us. You know, that my first year, no one sort of expected us to do what we did, and then last year the expectations were the complete opposite, and you know things just happened. So. That's the best thing about footy, I think, is that anything can happen and you've got to be on your game because I think it showed last year that anyone can beat anyone on, on any day. So it's going to be a tight competition and you know I know that we're really looking forward to improving our results from last year for sure. Well, it's not year. long now. Sunday, 10th of March, the last game of round zero, round one, and you are hosted by the Dolphins at Suncorp Stadium. It's a local derby. Can't wait. Chatty Townsend, thank you very much for taking time out, mate, in a busy schedule to join us on Sports Day. Thanks, mate. Anytime, boys. Thanks for having us. Take care. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. Meninga is there, but it's gone right for Langer, then for Daly, and now for McGregor. They won't stop the big Illawarra centre. A fine origin series. And now rewarded in his first Australian jumper with a try. Wow, 1994 for that try from Mary McGregor. Terrorised yes. that many players in his day. Mary, welcome to Sports Day. Thanks, guys. How are we? Really well. Good. Really well. What's, when you hear a try like that, that was your debut against France. As a, what's your memories go back to uh, you bet your first debut? Uh, it was pretty easy, actually. but. <laughs> <laughs> I think at that stage we were in front by about 50, so it wasn't too bad. Um, you know, just playing with, playing against, uh, you know, the guys that, um, you know, a couple of years before that I was I was watching on TV, but then playing beside them um, after an Origin series or a couple of Origin series uh, was a great achievement. Uh, pulling on that jumper for the for the first time in front of your parents and. Um, you know, it's something as a kid you always dream to do. So to be able to achieve that um, with the colour of players I play with, and we won pretty comfortably that night. So I didn't have to do too much, to be honest. Yeah, nice. Now, born in Dapto, Mary, were you a Dapto Canary growing up? So I was a Dapto Canary, mate, all the way through. I had one year actually in college, but um, when I was 16. But every every other part of it was uh, with Dapto, mate, right through to grade. Dapto dogs as a kid. Even as a young adult, did you did you did you get down to the Dapto dogs quite a bit? Absolutely, on a Thursday night, um, sitting, standing around the fire and waiting for a punt. Um, yeah, it was a regular sort of thing with us back then. Uh, as a team, we used to we used to sort of get there on a Thursday night after training um, and hang around and um, have a shower and then and go to the dogs on the night and have a couple of beers. So it used to be good. Now, Mary, the, the Illawarra competition growing up, it's always, well, it is, has always been a great 
strong competition. Now, the Steelers, uh, you make your debut at the back end of the 90s and they start becoming a force in the 90s. They make the finals. And then you you win a Challenge Cup in 92. What that that side I'm talking about at the, the start of the 90s, was it mainly made up of all local kids? It was. It was um, our back line was back then, um, just a quick one, was Dave Riolo, um, Wishard, myself, Rodwell Girdler, Johnny Simon, and uh, the 5'8 was Fritzy, who, yep. who was come down a 16-year-old from Queensland. But... But yeah, so and McIndoe was the other one who was from down this, from Queensland originally, but played all started here before he went to Penrith and come back. So, you know, five of that them seven were locals, and four of them become international. So it was pretty good. Um, you know, kept growing up in the local area and then playing for the local team was uh, was really uh, an achievement back then because before the Steelers were uh, an identity, they St George used to um, get most of the players and. And, you know, Blocker, obviously, and, and, and Fulton and all them blokes like that. Gary Jack, they all come from this, this district, but um, had to go up there to play. Um, so Illawarra is really good. We're moving forward in a, in a big way. Unfortunately, it um, stopped pretty quickly once that Super League yeah. and ARL war started. So, um, you know, a divide. Then Graham Murray, uh, we, we made the finals 92 uh, 93-94, I think, by memory, or 92-94. And then um, well, we were always in the top six. And then um, Mother um, got punted due to the fact that uh, he joined Super League. Uh, there was not much choice there. And then um, sort of went sideways a little bit from there. Uh, and then we sort of picked it back up. And then, uh, um, obviously, the joint venture started in 99. You, you mentioned Graham Murray, Muzz, you know, one of the great coaches. He had a lot of success wherever club he went to. And as I said, you won the 92 Challenge Cup that year. Um, now, what sort of coach was he like? Because from the outside looking in, Mary, he looked like the sort of coach that just had this really good connection with the playing group. Uh, he was a gentleman. Um, like he was a, you know, as a person, he was, he was a very honest character. Um, and you, you really knew where you um, stood with Graham. There was no... You know, if he wanted to shorten you up, he could. Um, also put an arm around you. He's one of them sort of blokes that you felt if you did go out there and do your best for you, let him down as much as you were yourself and your team. So he's a coach that I always wanted to play for. Now, Wollongong Showground. I've got to say, when mm. we talk about one of the, the most horrible grounds to go and play at, Wollongong Showground has got to be in the top three. It was just near impossible to beat you at Wollongong Showground, wasn't it? Well, don't you look, mate? It's, it's a nice green patch of grass <laughs> by the ocean. How do you not want to play there? <laughs> it was just it was just the people surrounding that grass and that ocean that probably made us uncomfortable <laughs> to play there. But um, it, you, you, you know, it was a uh, it's a really if you if you look at the ground uh, from the sky, it's, it's actually pretty rare um, the, the, the setup. Uh, you know, with the, obviously the sand and the ocean backdrop and the and mountains on the other side of the the uh, the ground, but uh, the, the crowd is actually on top of you. It's like an England sort of ground yeah. when you get the crowd and and how close the the, um, the the players are to it. So they let you know. Uh, they'd also let us know if we're not going too well as well. <laughs> so you want to do really well at home to make sure you walked off with uh, a lot of claps and cheers instead of booze. So um, yeah, it was a great ground. Uh, it was one one of the grounds, especially in the early nineties. Um, to mid nineties that we we really owned um, it was our patch and we everyone that come down we we're going to make sure that um, 
you know, we made it hard for them to take away points. And if they did, they were going to be sore for it. So, um, you know, we, we enjoyed playing at home. We used to fill it up and, um, you know, it was no better thing than putting on that, um, you know, that scarlet. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an icon- one of the most iconic parts of the game. I thought that, that picturesque ground. But something else that was iconic, Mary, was the Steeler mascot. Now, was it the Steeler mascot that got sent off for getting in a fight with one of the players? He was. We were playing the West Tigers and he thought it was all right to jump into it. I'm not sure why. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not sure what he was going to do in the suit, but um, he thought it was a great idea to uh, get involved in around the uh, in goal line. Uh, I think Brendo Mara was the player that was involved in it at the time and... Um, and Max was having a bit of a scuffle with someone, so he decided to jump in, and he, he got um, he got punted. And I think he lost his job after that game too. I'm pretty sure they changed him now. So uh, he got a double whack. One of the great sponsors on the front of the jerseys, the Illawarra in the days too, wasn't it? Kaiser Stool. Remember the drink? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had the uh, Kaiser Stool. BHP was our main yeah. sponsor. Yeah. Kaiser Stool was early days. Yeah, um, BHP was a pretty and still is iconic. Um, you know, a well-known brand in, in Australia. So, um, you know, with the stool works on the other side of that ground behind it, so um, to, to the uh, south, they were a really good supporter of ours. And, um, you know, we, we had some great supporters locally. Uh, and unfortunately, or, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it, you know, um, we're not standalone anymore, but we've still got our identity with St. George. Um, and... But back then, it was just really hard work with local sponsors and, and a bigger company like BHB or Kaiser that, um, that kept us afloat yeah, for a long now, period. You talk about that 99 year when you merged with the Dragons. What was that first week of training like, Mary? When you, I know you play against the players and some of them you have a relationship with if you've played Origin, but having to spend every day with them and inside that, that immediate space, what was that first week of training like? Was it strange? Yeah, it was, it was okay for... Someone like yourself, guys, because I, um, you know, I played with majority of them boys or against the majority of them boys at other levels. So I knew them on a personal. I knew half a dozen of the boys on a personal uh, basis, and um, I was captain of the Steelers at that time. And uh, Coiny was captain of the St George side of it. Um, word association. Before we let you go, first it's a thing, game. That, yeah, You're first thing game, that right? comes to so, your mind when I mention these these people or situations, Rod Wishart. <laughs> How long have I got this? <laughs> tough. Yeah. T- he used to wear those ankle high boots too, didn't he? How, how, many, how many words do you want me to elaborate? Oh, just, One or a few? Yeah, just, just a few. Wish art. Okay, tough. Um, had to hit him in the chest. <laughs> um, and and one bloke do you want beside you in, in anywhere you go. Okay. He's a, he's a, he's a true worrying. Yeah. Neil Pincinelli. Can drink. Oh. <laughs> um, can drink lots. Um, one of the, one of me one of my best and closest friends, and still good mates. We grew up together. We played against each other in juniors, and uh, part of the Spaghetti Twins with Schifoletti, yeah. and one of the better back rowers that probably didn't well definitely didn't reach, I reckon the heights that he should have. Uh, with his ability, like he, he was a guy that had a, had a good rangey um, carry, offload, late feet, um, played a couple hundred games. He was he was a very very good player that should have played higher, 
uh, representative level. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad and, you said... And drink anyone on the table. That's, that's the reason. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I played with Johnny Cross at Penrith and he said, oh, Neil Pincinelli, the best schooner drinker I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. And that's coming from <laughs> Johnny Cross. He still trains here at home. Uh, good yeah, stuff. Johnny, Johnny still trains here every morning. Yeah, he's going good, John. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, yeah. last one. If I said to you, crocodile dress shoes. Oh, Jason Rolls, Sean Timmons, Trent Barrett, take, take a guess, but they were all involved in it. And so, the shoes ended up everywhere except back at my place. So you had a pair of crocodile dress shoes that just went missing what? one night. Was that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. They uh, went missing one day and I went to wear them because, mate, they were back then. They were expensive and they were good. They were good. And I went to grab them out. I went, I went to get them. And they were making a statement. So I went to get them and they were gone. And the only people that were at my house was them three characters. And I went, you know what? Something's gone wrong here. Next thing you know, in the mail, I get these photos. They're actually in Afghanistan <laughs> with, a, with a machine gun coming out of the... the um, then they're taken from there and then they're in a creek in North Queensland with a cigarette out of the shoe and then they end up in Bali and then they end up in another state and I'm just going mate what's going and I've never got it back but I've got these photos ongoing for about three years and uh, every time the boys like one comes through I used to take it I said mate what are you doing where are and no one would give, give each other up but I found out I think I can narrow it down to either Jason Rolls or Sean Timmons. That's the two of them. Yeah, nice. There you have it. Good stuff, Mary. All righty. Uh, for any uh, up-and-coming rugby league players listening to this, don't buy crocodile shoes. Yeah, they're, All not right, cool no, they're not cool anymore. They're not cool anymore. They're good on. photos. <laughs> All right, Mary. Paul McGregor, uh, mate, loved living your life of footy. Uh, well done, Sats. Well done, Mary. And thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Great stories. My pleasure, guys. Thanks very much for having me. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. Mate, we know you love a good time. What you got any postseason plans? Um, it's a bit of a uh, one up for conjecture because I've got this toe thing going on. I might need surgery, so I've got about a thousand things planned. A possibility of a table fest, nice. Maybe a week in Amsterdam afterwards. Check the site. Oh god, <laughs> there's a few bucks going on over in Las Vegas. Oh, I've got a mate of mine from school that's traveling South America. He's currently around Colombia or Bolivia or something. Oh. So, boys. <laughs> I just want you to know, Toby, that that old story of what happens in Vegas. Guess it doesn't always stay in Vegas. Just be careful, mate. Be careful. We need you next year. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I won't stay in Vegas, but the stories will. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sats, the reason I played that off the top of this chat, that was Rat and I chatting to Toby a, a couple of months ago, uh, you know, with the dodgy toe, and he's just letting us know what he's going to get up to in the off-season. I just wanted to check in to see if he's still alive. You know what they say when you've got a big toe? <laughs> right. Big shoes. All oh, right, okay, mm. I'll stick with that one. Yeah. Toby Rudolph, Sharks prop on the phone right now. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. You're still with us, mate. Still here, boy. Still alive. Um, it was a bit of a, it was a bit touch and go there at one stage, but uh, glad to glad to say I'm coming out the other side, clean as. Right, I'm not. Uh, again, I'll hold the trip for a moment. How's the toe? Did you have toe surgery? No, I ended up getting a fair few opinions all over it. Um, <laughs> And uh, two out of three doctors said not to go with it. So I ended up sort of majority deciding to go the conservative route and just go the 
the slow, uh, painstaking process of, of rehab and rehab running and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not even on the field now until next year, just, just trying to get it right and trying to build up the strength around it. How do you go not being out there with the main squad? Are you a, are you a frustrated rehabber? Yeah, somewhat, but then I did like sort of, I was privy to the boys getting absolutely flogged uh, on Wednesday and I was just sort of on the sideline, oh, go boys, not really hating it too much. So that was all right, I can deal with that, but it, it is a bit frustrating in parts, but, you know, there are some, there are some perks, I'll say. The Wanda Sandhills, Tobe, are, are they still around? Do they get a run still or are they slowly eroding? No, you know what, they sort of come and go with sports science, with, with whatever's fashionable at the time, so... Uh, recently, uh, as in the past five years, not so much has been going on, but um, we started doing them again last year, but shorter distances, so it doesn't throw the back out. And, you know, it's, as long as sort of the, it gets ticked off by the club SMC as being sports scientific enough, it, it gets a run. So it's just sort of started again. <laughs> Sats, you didn't even play for the Sharks, and you used to do them, didn't you? Oh, the Penrith boys. We were over there pre-season most times. It'd be like a holiday going to Cronulla. Horrific. Absolutely. Some of the players hadn't been through the toll gates. At Parramatta. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, did you end up going to Bali? I heard rumours you did. Yeah, I actually went um, a couple of times. Uh, I went uh, at the start of the trip before I ended up going to Europe. Uh, so I went at the start and then on my flight home from Europe, uh, on my connecting flight through Delhi, my brother uh, informed me that he was going to propose to his girlfriend. Uh, and I had to literally touch down in Australia and get in the, a flight and fly straight to Bali. So um, it was nice. a... It was a round trip to and from Bali, pretty much. And now, Tobe, um, Darren Lockyer, one year, the Broncos went to Bali. You may have heard the heard the story about how he bought a monkey, and he actually kept the monkey for a week. And then <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the the end of season trip, he he just gave it to a family who who wanted to look after the monkey. Two questions: Did you buy any monkeys? And if not, is there anyone in your club? That, I reckon you'd be outrageous enough if you thought of it. You'd buy a monkey. Wait, what was the two-part question? Did I buy a monkey? And if I didn't, who would? Yeah. <laughs> who would? Okay. All right. So um, I didn't buy a monkey, but I'm telling you right now, if there was one person to buy a monkey, it'd be by the, a bloke by the name of Blake Braley. He would do some weird things to that monkey. Really? <laughs> what? No, no, no. All above board, of course. Yes. Uh... Of course. Of course. Of course. But nonetheless, weird. Oh, God. Oh. No tattoos in Bali? On the monkey, oh, um, no, no tattoos in Bali. Um, remain tattoo free. It's still, I, I stuck one in Thailand when I was nineteen on the bottom of my lip. Yeah, but uh, other than that, I've on been the, pretty, pretty tattoo free. What'd you say on the bottom of your lip? Yeah, on the inside of my lip, my bottom lip. What'd you get there? Got the word Derek tattooed across my bottom lip. Derek, you did not. You Is did. that fair, Dinkum? That's fair, Dinkum. It's still there. When I first got the tattoo, like I said, oh yeah, it'll be gone in six months. And then I saw my brother back in Australia for a few a few weeks later. He goes, "Oh yeah, I got a tattoo there as well." He showed me his one. It was like, "I need dollar signs," and I was like, "Oh, when did you get that?" He goes, eight years ago." I was like, "Oh, perfect." And you've got Derek. Derek, that's <laughs> that's that's great. Do you take when you're in Bali? Uh, you you strike me as a uh, motel Mexicola kind of guy. Did you? That's not a bad joint. Did you head there? Are you some sort of telepathic? What's going on here, mate? Every yeah, NRL yeah, player goes there. Things. Mate. Yeah, okay, doesn't take a genius figure out, I suppose. Yeah, it's a pretty good joint. How it's, good is uh, it? I've been paying the mortgage for a few years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, keeping the place above the hood. But, no, nah, look, it's it's unreal, I will say. Mexico is definitely a favourite of mine. 
Uh, you can go there by yourself and still make a whole bunch of friends, which I tend to do on occasion when no one wants to go out with me. So You should get uh, yourself a joint over there. You should, like, open up a, a restaurant or bar or something like that, Toby, a few of the Sharky boys. Yeah, I could do that. Might start, um, start using my barley connections to, to good use instead of things to get me in trouble. So could be on the cards, boys. Could be on the cards. Name it after your podcast, you and Liam Knight, stuck in the middle. There you go. I like it. Well, actually, either of you are close to Gus Gould at all? No, not overly close. Like, don't have a like close relationship. Why? Not what's a massive the, fan. What's the mindset behind that? Not a massive fan. Well, he um he's actually put a pin in the podcast right now, so we aren't allowed to do it, which is a bit of a shame. So it's all things that come to a standstill, unfortunately. Why is that? Oh, is that because of Liam? Yeah, Liam down there at the dogs. He doesn't like us doing it in case we might. I actually don't know why he doesn't like us doing it. I'm assuming because we're pretty liberal what we say could get ourselves into trouble but yeah no more so is josh adokar allowed to do his let's trot baby <laughs> or not <laughs> i don't know uh you have to ask us about that one i thought you guys were close to him no not no, a fan no. now maddie moylan he's left the club great guy maddie moylan now did the did the shire get the westie out of him or did he stay a westie in the shire <laughs> no, no no there's still a little bit westie that will always remain there that, you, that will never Never leave, but he definitely became more of a more of a surfy kind of guy in his time. He he loved the coast by the end of it. Loved hanging out with his mates at the Mad Hueys, and <laughs> you know, I think he, he drops Joel Parkinson's name like it's nothing. Oh, me and Fano, me and Dick Fanning, this that. So I don't know if that's the Westie in him or the or the surfing in him that's, that's dropping these names, but uh, we've definitely changed him for the better, I think. But um, it's definitely a sad day. Yeah. To see him go, it'll happen so fast. And Monday was having a conversation, and on Thursday he's on a flight. So very sad to see him go. We had his farewell dinner last night, and if he's listening, I'm sure his head's very sore, and mm-hmm. uh, he's put on a flight right now, actually. So all the best to, to Matthew Moylan. Yeah, he's a great lad, great lad. Now, some players in footy teams, Tobe, their weight fluctuates. Day off, a little higher when you get come back the next day. Um, Dave Taylor, the Brisbane Broncos in South Sydney, was a perfect example now. Is it true there's a weight challenge every day to see if you can guess your weight? There's, um, yeah, one between me and a member of staff at the moment. And uh, there has been some great fluctuations uh, <laughs> as of late. Because I reckon looking that at you... That is all I'll say on this matter. Looking at you, I reckon you'd be about 112. Is that about right? <laughs> looking at me through the eyes of the of the telephone lens. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think today would be about a buck twelve. I've yeah, I've fasted until two o'clock, so hopefully one eleven point five. Oh, I think you know who the staff uh, member is who tipped him in. I well, you share it with us. No, us. I can't. He'll know who you've got to name your sources. Mate. He rhymes. His name rhymes with Stephen Price. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> rhymes real well with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now uh, Connor Tracy, he's getting a lot of attention, mate, at the moment from clubs. Um. I know you guys would love to keep him, but he seems like a popular player and then you guys just want to see him start wherever he's at at another club if he gets the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Um, look, I would love for Connor to stay in the area. I know he loves the area and, and hopefully he does and they can work something out there. Uh, but you can also see why there is such high interest in him. Um, you know, he was he was one of our best last year when he was playing at fullback mm. and almost made the, the position his own, but uh, we've got a very, very handy player in Will Kennedy there, and it's you know going to be a massive battle for him to keep that spot. So um, I wish him all the best in whatever happens. But 
Well, he's still a shark right now, and hopefully it remains that way. Yeah, now Sifatalakai, Jesse Ramian, they seem to have a bit of a mortgage at the moment in the centres. But tell us, like, from the inside, and we don't get to see it from, from the outside, how much pressure does young Kyle Eero, how much is he putting pressure on them at training? Oh, yeah, look, it's definitely it's definitely evident what the, the calibre of player KL um, Iro is and, and will be in the future. Uh, he's been training outstanding uh, in the start of the preseason. He was doing the exact same all throughout last year and putting some great performances for the Newtown Jets last year and boxing a couple of 300-meter games and just all that domination. So, look, when someone's like that, he's lifting at your heels. Uh, you have to do a pretty good job uh, to keep your spot. But luckily, those boys have both delivered. But they definitely know he's there. He's, he's not going anywhere and he's not hiding. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very quality player, KL Hero. Now, you shaved the head for a great cause last year. You got rid of the locks. Um, how long is it at the moment? Have you grown most of it back? No, it's the longest it's been for a while. The uh, the problem with that, in, uh, the the shave, I didn't realise the hair wouldn't grow in the corners of my head. It sort of just sort of stayed <laughs> gone. So that was unbeknownst to me. Didn't know that was going to be part of the deal. Uh but no, look, it's, it's coming along nicely. I'm just sort of deciding whether to go a mullet or a completely bald head. But uh, it was all for a good cause. And uh, I'm very glad with, with how the end result was, minus the cornering. But everything else is good. Yeah. Could you go a combination of both? Bald on top and just the mullet out the back. Love it. I love where you're coming from there, Jay. That's a, well, pro- that's a prop. I'm, I'm pretty cut, sure, yeah. Mm. I think that's that's the only way I can grow a mullet at this stage is a, is a bald head and long out the front. So. Apparently Gus rang him and said he can't do it. Can't. <laughs> Mate, when have you listened to Gus Gould? Like, seriously. Oh, I don't know. Apparently he's a dinosaur. Don't start me on him. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, uh, mate, I think we've covered everything. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to round one, obviously, against the Warriors in New Zealand. When are you back full at it, mate? I've been back since last Friday, so uh, this is the end of the second week tomorrow. So it's been a solid week. Uh, obviously, the boys are definitely feeling it more than me since I'm not running, but uh, I'm still in the chamber getting my ass handed to me in other ways. It's fun. <laughs> and and just, just for the record, what's your ideal playing weight? Um, oh, I don't know, whatever, whatever 108, let's just say. Okay, right, yeah. that's all right. right You're yeah. only four kilos off. We'll check back in in February. He's one of our favorites, Toby <laughs> Rudolph, mate. Uh, have a good is it too early to say happy Christmas? Never too early. Um, I'll allow it if you guys want. I like you guys a lot. Yeah, all right, no worries. And mate, I hope, you, I hope you're allowed to do another podcast yeah. eventually because it was good. If you had to replace him with a Cronulla player, who would it be? Um, oh, Nico, because he's probably got the uh, most amount of hype yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Trying and, to get the podcast out there, you know. Commercially as well, more money, sponsors. Yeah. Like hair care products. That's, that's what I'm talking. His hair looks you dirty. Know, I, I, my market's gone for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does need to wash his hair, He needs to he? wash his hair. Yeah, 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 it doesn't. Apparently it stinks. I don't know. I'm just passing on the message. Uh, Toby. No, thank... yeah, that, that's the true is. is it true? It does stink? Yeah, it looks like. It smells like feet. <laughs> I heard there's a family of birds living in it. I'm yeah. just, again, don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, mate. No, I heard chipmunks, boys. All good. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good luck with uh, pre-season. Have a good Christmas, and hopefully we'll uh, catch up with you before you uh, take on the Warriors in round one. Toby Rudolph, thanks for your time on Sports Day, mate. Thanks, boys. Appreciate having me on. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. 
time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Ah, uh, yes. And what's gambling really costing you? Make sure you take it easy. What's on this weekend in Queensland, Nelson? Plenty on in Queensland, Jase, over the, the weekend. Of course, we have week two of the summer racing carnival. We head to Doombin on Saturday. Uh, the Tattersall's Classic for the Phillies and Mares. And we also, uh, the Recognition Stakes. The there you go. Rec- they are highlights of the day, but uh, there's a highlight in race five too, guys. And that is little April in Augusta going around again. Mm. So, oh, okay. Tell us. How long? Wait a second, All right. Wait a second. I want to write this down. This is the horse that you, you own. And you never tip us. Yeah. So what I don't own it. <laughs> Own a share. So location, race, and number, please. Uh, going up against a dollar sixty odd favourite. Mm, doesn't matter. Race number, race number five. Geez, you're prepared three. today, aren't you? No, I'm, someone just caught my attention. Race, here. race five. five, horse three, yep. and uh, you could back her confidently each way. Any other tips for this weekend, matey? <laughs> uh, tips for this weekend, we will go with race nine, number ten, the catch at Doomben. I think we'll win also. And race four, number one, Golden Decade, I think will run well also. So stick with those three. And you should be going okay. Would you like to know where else we're racing yes, this weekend? Yes, love race? to. Yes. Okay, well, let me tell you that. We are racing at, well, you know this, Sats. They're racing at the Gold Coast they on are. the poly track because it's yep. a big day, right? Mm-hmm. Shut up. Featuring your good self. Exactly. Are you Are you one of the all-stars that are getting up and speaking? No, Tony and I are just there to enjoy the atmosphere. As punters? Yeah. Oh, good stuff. There's Alfie and... Yes. Oh, Alfie at a racetrack with free booze. What could go wrong? Exactly. Mm. <laughs> Am I calling to run the eight? Ride <laughs> yeah, the eight. Yeah. yeah, that's right. What else? Kil- uh, Kilcoy has a tab meeting. It's the Christmas Cup at Kilcoy. Uh, Doom, but I mentioned with those two feature races. Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone. We did mention on Monday the Pentland Cup or Pentland. And there are country races or so some country meetings that aren't covered by the tab. And they are Atherton, Blackall, Emerald and Gympie. Make sure you get along to one of those if you're in the area. And, of course, we go back to the Sunshine Coast on Sunday afternoon. So another full weekend of racing, guys. Good now, stuff. you love your golf, don't you, Nelson? Well, I used to. I'm playing that badly, Jace. I'm really starting to dislike it, but yes. Well, welcome to my world. But listen, oh. what are your thoughts on John, John Rahm possibly going to live golf? And I thought live golf owned the PGA now, so wouldn't they be no. bidding against themselves? Well, there's supposed to be a merger coming up, but I don't know what's happened to that. But the funny thing about this, if it's true is John Rahm was out there, what, six months ago saying that uh, he's got enough money, he does not need any more money, and he wants to leave a legacy of winning golf tournaments and majors, etc. So it's a bit of a turnaround from all the, uh, all the talk then, yeah. But $600 million, I mean, it's a ridiculous oh. amount of money. Mm. Didn't Tiger knock back $1.2 bill? Yeah, Something biggest contract like in the history of sport. Oh, yeah. I don't know that you can believe all this stuff. I mean, when there's smoke, there's fire probably, but I don't know. I think I'll wait to see the... Wait to see him sign before I believe it. John Rahm clearly has the same manager as Chris Nelson. Thanks, Nelson. What's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Thanks, Nelson. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. See you, mate.